At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I am Danny Burke, your host. And unlike last night, we are live tonight out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, on VSIN, the sports betting network. And for the next hour, we've got plenty to go through. Starting off, we'll talk about the Bulls game tonight on the road against the Toronto Raptors. Interesting line movement, interesting matchup in general. And I think there is a good route to take if you're looking for a player prop. And then furthermore, in the NBA, I've got a play for that Phoenix Suns and Atlanta Hawks matchup. Should be a fun one tonight in ATL. Trey Young, questionable leading into the game, so we'll have to keep a status on that, but I'm looking to make a bet in that matchup. Later in the show, 15 minutes from now, Beeson's betting reporter Josh Applebaum will share his thoughts, I'm sure, in the NBA. Always loves college hoops, and then we'll get some early Super Bowl betting thoughts from Josh. So excited to get all of those trends, insights, systems that he always loves to get into in 15 minutes. Then a half hour from now, how about Beeson contributor Host of the New York City cast, Will Hill, will also be talking about some NBA college hoops, and I'm sure he's already got plenty of action for the upcoming weekend. Not this one, but the one afterward for the Rams and the Bengals. Then in 45 minutes from now, speaking of the big game, we've got some props to look into. Our Super Bowl running back version of Prop Shelf we will look at Cam Akers. We will look at Joe Mixon, and we'll also talk about those MVP bets that I did place yesterday. Didn't really have time to get into the analysis of them, but we did give them out when we were going over the best bets, so we'll get further into that at the end of the show. Let's start, though, like we discussed with this Bulls and Raptors game, a very kind of intriguing outlook for the Chicago team that has already taken care of business against Toronto twice this season, just last week, 111-105 at the United Center. Bulls got the win and the cover, yet they come up north to Toronto as a four-and-a-half-point dog. Now, the spread actually opened up three, so it has been continuously moving up toward the home team in Toronto. Total has actually dipped down, oddly enough, because every total seemingly with Chicago goes up. But this one has been the opposite, 224.5, now down to 221 in the hook. Juice is still slightly on the over at Bet Rivers, minus 113, and the under is minus 109. If you want to do anything with the money line, you're laying $2 with Toronto. You're catching plus 165 on the buyback with the Bulls. 
Both teams have won their last four out of five games. The Raptors have won their last three in a row. And again, like I said, the Bulls have beaten the Raptors twice this season. And I'm not surprised to see Toronto open up as a favorite and get some money going their way because this has the feeling and the makings of one of those tricky spots for Chicago. We've talked about them a lot. Look, they have the offensive talent to compete with anybody out of DeRozan, Levine, and Vooch. And if they could get enough bench production out of a Kobe White, out of Ayo Desumu and some of the other guys off the pine, then they can still put up enough points to compete with anybody. But their defense has taken a tremendous hit, and it's really been impacted ever since the loss of Alex Caruso, Derek Jones Jr., Patrick Williams, and Lonzo Ball. So with all of that being said, you also have to consider that in just this unique environment and with Levine, he was also questionable going into this game that I don't really know if I trust the Bulls here that much to want to place a bet here. I, I, I Honestly, objectively speaking, I think the Raptors probably get the win. It's not going to surprise me, of course, if the Bulls do. But as I always suggest, I think you might have a chance to get a better number with Chicago, a team that's been prone to letting their opponent either get back into it or letting them get in a big lead. And then the Bulls, ever since they've had some of these injuries, have had trouble climbing out of those deep depths if they start trailing. So maybe the Bulls do get down early and you could get a better number, but I don't really have any interest when it comes to the spread or the total. However, as JVT, VEASAN senior NBA analyst, alluded to in his write-up today at VEASAN.com, the over is actually 9-3-1 in the last 13 contests for Chicago because, like we said, I mean, they, their defense has really just not been great ever since they've been dealing with those injuries. And in these 13 games, JVT wrote down, the Bulls have the seventh-best offensive rating in the league in non-garbage time minutes at 115.1 but have still been outscored by 3.1 points per every 100 possessions due to a defense that is 27th over the same stretch, 118.2 to be exact. So great write-up by JVT. Follow him on Twitter at MeJVT. And, of course, check out his write-ups for every single matchup every day at VEASAN.com. But exactly what he said. I mean, this Bulls team defensively, that's where they've been struggling, and that's why I don't really trust them too much in this spot against Toronto. But something narrative-wise in a storyline that's really sticking out in this game that I think could be advantageous to looking in the prop region involves Gary Trent Jr. So going into this game, he has the chance to set Toronto's franchise record for most consecutive games, scoring 30-plus points. Right now, he has done it five times in a row. But if he gets six, he will break the record. And the record of the person that currently holds it alongside with him Coincidentally enough, is playing against him. DeMar DeRozan had a Raptors record five straight games with 30 or more points from October 26th through November 4th in the year of 2016. Gary Trent Jr. doing the same thing right now, but has a chance to break it. So naturally, that had me thinking, well, what's his points prop at tonight? And at Bat Rivers, it was at 20 and a half for a majority of the day. You're seeing some steam go to the over. But I played Gary Trent Jr. over 20 and a half points, minus 113. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of it, I mean, just knowing that he has to get to that mark to get over it, he's aware of it, his teammates are aware of it, everybody knows what it's coming down to, so you're giving me 10 points less than what he has to get to to set the record. If they have a comfortable lead in this game, maybe they try to give him more opportunities, but I feel pretty comfortable assuming he's still going to be chucking up a lot of shots, not just because of the record, but for the reasoning that he's been their most consistent scorer, getting 30-plus points in each of the last five games. Now, he's gone over it just 15 games overall this season, but it's also a favorable matchup for him against Chicago because 50% of his shots come from beyond the arc. Yeah, 
half of his shots are getting chucked up from three-point range. And he's making 40% of them, so he's insanely effective from beyond the arc. Chicago is allowing their opponents to make 37% of their three-point attempts, which is dead last in the association, 30th. So if Gary Trent's going to go off against a team from beyond the arc, it's probably going to be against Chicago tonight. First game against the Bulls, went 4-9 from beyond the arc, overall collected 18 points. Most recent game went 6-10 from beyond the arc and dropped 32 points. Now you could also entertain him going over 3.5 three-point field goals made. You're laying upward to about minus 130 to do so, and I don't hate that idea, but I just like going over the 20 in the hook a little bit more so. So I wouldn't tell you not to do the three-point field goals bet, but I really like him over 20.5 points tonight minus 113 so that's what I got for the matchup with the Bulls and the Raptors but another solid game to look forward to this evening going to be taking place in Atlanta the Hawks are hosting the red hot Phoenix Suns man this team has been dominant they've won 11 in a row coming into this matchup and you are getting an Atlanta team that had a seven game winning streak up until their last game where they lost versus the aforementioned Toronto Raptors 106 to 100 and it's kind of looking like a tougher spot for the Hawks in my mind in terms of how they match up against Phoenix, the team they already lost to on November 6, 121 to 117. And he got Trey Young, who's a game time decision here with some soldier uh, shoulder uh, soreness, excuse me. But looking even deeper into it with those stats, Phoenix second in offensive points per possession at 114.6 and third in offensive effective field goal percentage, 55%. You look at Atlanta defensively, they're 27th in points per possession, allowing opponents 114, and 24th in effective field goal percentage defensively at 54%. Phoenix, when you look at these underlying stats and metrics, has the advantage everywhere and can definitely match up with Trey Young if he is available for this game with a lot of weapons on the defensive side. Now, collectively as a team, Phoenix, they're choosing to shoot about 42% of their shots from mid-range, which is first in the NBA in terms of volume, and they're connecting on 47% of those shot attempts, which is second best in the NBA. Guess what? Atlanta's allowing opponents to connect on 43% of those shots from mid-range, which is 21st in the association. Half-court set. Offensively, Phoenix ranks third in points per play. Atlanta in the half-court defense, they rank 23rd in transition. Phoenix ranks fifth in points per possession. Atlanta in transition defensively ranks 29th. And you look at the other side. I know I'm only giving out the offense for Phoenix and the defense for Atlanta where a huge edge goes toward the Suns based on these stats. But defensively, Phoenix matches up pretty evenly for anything decent or above that that the Hawks could do. So you add all that into account. You add in that Trey Young may not be 100% for this matchup. I like taking the Phoenix Suns in this game. It was a shorter spread, about three and a half earlier in the day. Started coming down, kind of bounced back up. So I laid minus a buck 65 for the Suns. Now it's a little bit steeper at minus 177. I still don't hate the idea of laying the four. There's also some three and a halves out there. So make sure you do your due diligence and search around. So if you're not comfortable laying a steep price of upward to minus 170, then I would still feel pretty comfortable with minus three in the hook. But you know how I roll if I get a shorter spread and relatively in my mind priced and uh, appropriately priced enough money line, I'm going to be willing to take it. So I did at minus 165. But again, I would still feel comfortable laying three in the hook or even four, which which is what we're seeing right now at Bet Rivers. But I know some other spots did have it down 
to three and a half. So make sure you're doing your shopping. But I do like the Suns to get the outright victory and cover tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. And aside for that, uh, the prop that we had for the Bulls game, we are rolling with Gary Trent Jr. over 20 and a half points, minus 113 at Bet Rivers. He's looking to break the record that DeMar DeRozan holds with them right now. They're currently at five consecutive games scoring 30-plus points, but if he can do it again tonight, he will be the sole leader at the top doing it six consecutive games for the Toronto Raptors. So should be a fun night in the NBA, and that's the action we're rolling with tonight. We'll get more looks at that with Josh Applebaum, Beeson's betting reporter. He will be joining us next to talk NBA, college hoops, and some Super Bowl plays. And then afterward, Will Hill is still going to be hopping on. So stick around. We got all of that, and we've got some running back props for the big game in a couple of weekends. Plenty more to come on this Thursday evening. It is Rush Hour, all here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. more sports betting discussion around your local teams bet rivers has you covered because bet rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective and you've got those city casts available in chicago denver detroit los angeles new york philadelphia pittsburgh and now washington dc so subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast available and you get hooked up several episodes a week great local sports betting content. Speaking of great sports betting content, we're going to hear plenty of that in this segment. Danny Burke, myself, but more so because we got Josh Applebaum joining us here on Rush Hour. He is VEASAN's betting reporter, also the host of the Market Insights podcast, co-host of Betting Across America all over these airwaves. Josh, thank you for making some time. I know you and I are in a similar boat here. I mean, you're dealing with the storm out on the East Coast. We got plenty of snow last night, but you're about to get hit again. So hopefully you've stocked up on all your goods and you're ready to sweat out all these bets. We do have a little bit of time waiting for the big one, though. In a couple of weekends, we have the Rams and the Bengals to look forward to. And Josh, my goodness, I mean, you know, I expected to see some movement, but maybe not this significant amount, up to four and a half now in favor of the Rams. Total took a dive to the under, it appeared, but really hasn't moved too much off of that since. What have you seen, and I guess what are you expecting to see leading up until next week? 
Yeah, Danny, it's great to be with you. And, and by the way, you know, isn't it funny anytime? I know I don't know if this is the same in Chicago, but New England, you get a big storm. Everyone has to get milk, bread, and cheese. Like, it, like we can't survive <laughs> if we don't have those three things. So it just always makes me laugh. But anyway, Danny, yeah, we're getting closer to the Super Bowl, still 10 days away. But the early movement was toward the Rams. A lot of these books open, you know, Rams is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. We immediately saw that overnight line get hit to minus four. And then I was kind of surprised that we went to four and a half. That kind of told me that, you know, even at minus four, you had some respected money hitting the Rams here. But kind of what this is evolving into, Danny, is to me a really valuable spot to buy low and take the Cincinnati Bengals plus the hook right now. Because, uh, again, you know, you think about, you know, favorites early dogs late. If you're laying the four and a half right now with the Rams, hey, they could win. They could blow them out. You never know. But you're getting the worst of the number. That's not always a good situation here as a better. On the flip side, if you want to buy low in Cincinnati, Number one, they're contrarian in the most heavily bet sporting event of the year. They're getting, uh, I think you're getting around 60% of bets across the market at BetMGM on the Rams. So again, betting against the public in the biggest game of the year, public maybe not have bet all year long with us, Danny, but they're going to come in, have some fun in the Super Bowl. And they're leaning on the Rams because, you know, you deal for Stafford. They were a Super Bowl favorite to begin the year. And there's kind of an anti, you know, Bengals bias here because they're the Bengals. They've been terrible forever. They were 200 to one, you know, to open this uh, season to win the Super Bowl. So there's kind of a belief of, hey, they're the Bengals. Nice little season you had, but kind of betting against them. So I think now, Danny, really what was important to me, two things. One, the juice. A lot of these minus four and a halfs or plus four and a halfs with Cincinnati are juiced up plus four and a half, minus 115. So it doesn't look it doesn't look like it's going to go to five. It looks like it's actually coming back down to four, in which case, if you like the Bengals, you probably want to grab that hook right now. And the other thing, Danny, that really uh, you know sold me, and I placed a bet on the Bengals plus four and a half, is I, I read a really good article from the legend Brent Musburger, the architect, the godfather at VEASAN, and he was kind of thinking the same thing. Anything hook, three and a half or better, you know, value here on, uh, on the Bengals. And he kind of pointed out, number one, quarterback advantage with the Bengals. Number two, kicking advantage. McPherson is 12 for 12. He's been great. And then number three, uh, a good you know defensive coordinator second half matchup against Mahomes where they gave him a lot of fits there. So I think it's a field goal type game. I think the public over the next week is going to continue to pound the Rams. To me, Danny, the play is grabbing the four and a half with the Bengals before it falls. Yeah, and, and I really don't disagree with that, Josh, because like I said, I mean, I was surprised to see it go up to four and a half so quickly. I personally kind of like the Rams outright in this game, but I'm not rushing to lay over the key number of three, so that's why I wouldn't dispute anybody, including yourself, if you're looking to take it with Joe Burrow. So with that being said, I mean, I'm trying to be patient here and wait to get a better number. Do you think that this thing could get back down to three and a half, or do you think it's really going to be flirting around four, four and a half for the most part? So I'll admit, Danny, I was wrong to begin with. I didn't see this thing going to four and a half. So, um, you know, at this point, you know, we're going to see what happens over the next 10 days. But I would be more inclined that this is going to go between four and a half and four. I think based on the juice, this thing is trending back down to four. But the three and a half, I don't think we're going to get that again. You know, it's, it's kind of rare that, you know, leading into a Super Bowl. And the other thing, Danny, is this time of year, the odds are the odds makers are so good at what they do. They have so much data to go off of and so many box scores to recreate that these lines are really, really tight. Uh, so the fact that you're going to you know, go up a point early and a full point down late, I don't see that happening. I, I expect maybe maybe closing at four, something like that. Also, we did have a lot of under money. You know, a lot of these books open around 50-ish. You're down to 48 and a half right now. Uh, so you're kind of, again, getting the worst of it. We talked to Gamble and Lou earlier today. He was thinking if it gets to 48, maybe it's a buyback spot. So again, we're going to have to monitor this stuff early, Danny. But I, uh, I jumped on the four and a half, and uh, we'll see what happens in this one. 
All right, my man. Well, I know you got some action not only for that game, but for some games tonight and really all over the place on the hardwood. Let's start with the college hoops. Tell us about your position for UCLA and Arizona, 7 p.m. Central time. We see Arizona at home, lane six in the hook, and Josh, then we got a total of 148 and a half. Juice a little bit on the over here at Bet Rivers, minus 113. But what was your approach for this game tonight? Yeah, I like laying the points here uh, with Arizona. I laid this it got, at one point. It got down to six. I hit the minus six here. It's back up to six and a half. But Danny, this reminds me a lot of last night's game between Wisconsin and Illinois, where you had two ranked teams. The public was hammering Wisconsin there. You know, they were higher ranked. They're getting a ton of points. The line's too high. But the whole time last night with Illinois, the line never really moved toward Wisconsin. It was a line freeze. It stayed where it's at, despite heavy betting there on Wisconsin. And what ends up happening, Illinois rolls and covers. So this looks ex almost exactly the same, where this is the most uh, heavily bet game of the night, 8 o'clock, you know, two highly ranked teams. Everybody's betting UCLA. Across the market, almost 80% of bets are saying the line's too high. Give me the 7, you know, 6.5, 7, whatever the number may be. They're also kind of recency bias related, looking back to uh, the matchup just a couple weeks ago, where you had a 75-59 win, kind of a blowout win by UCLA, easily uh, winning outright as a 2.5-point dog. So the public is saying the line's too high. Give me the points. But it opened six and a half, Danny. It pretty much stayed six and a half. Again, it got down to six at one point, but now it's back up to seven. I really like this play toward Arizona. This is the ultimate, you know, trendy dog UCLA contrarian favorite um, with Arizona here. So I laid the points. And then, of course, uh, there's injuries here at play. You're going to miss Clark. Really good defensive uh, defender there for uh, for UCLA. And then also you're looking at a big advantage just in terms of the stats. You know, Arizona, 86 points a game, 78 UCLA. Rebounding, Arizona, uh, 44 boards a game, only 37 there for UCLA. You throw in the kind of uh, revenge angle here. Danny, I'm laying the points. We'll see what happens. But I love these contrarian favorites when everyone's on that trendy dog, yet the line's pretty much staying where it's at. Tells me Arizona tonight is kind of the, uh, the sharp play in my opinion. All right, we'll be looking forward to that. As for this game that maybe people aren't dialed into watching per se, but that doesn't mean there can't be a great betting opportunity potentially, and that's going to be Boise State and Wyoming, 8 p.m. Central time tip. This is pretty much a pick em, Josh, and a total a little bit lower, 134 in the hook. But what, what stood out to you for this game? Because, again, a lot of people maybe not circulating this one, but once they hear your assessment, I'm sure they'll get involved. Yeah, we'll see, Danny. I don't know how much influence I have on the market here. Just trying to trying to report the numbers. But, yeah, I like uh, Wyoming here. I mean, uh, a couple things going on. You know, you look at Boise State. They've won 14 straight games. People are saying, hey, you know, this is a coin flip game. But, you know, Boise is hot as heck. But really what we've seen is the kind the line pretty much stayed at one. You know, at one point it got down to a pick em, But now it's coming back to one. And I even see some shops that may be inching back to one and a half. So kind of late movement is going toward Wyoming here. Uh, Ken Palm had Wyoming winning by one. Our buddy Greg Hoops has him by four and a half. So Greg really likes this spot for Wyoming. But you're really banking on the offensive Wyoming. They're averaging almost 80 points a game, only around 67 there for Boise. Boise has the better defense, but offensive check mark definitely goes to Wyoming. Field goal percentage. This is something I look at too, Danny. Do you shoot well? Better shooting here from Wyoming, 48% from the field, only 44 for Boise. You also look at Wyoming, 9-0 at home this year, but they, they've done great on their home court. So uh, to me, this is a, a money line play, you know, minus 110, minus 115. I'm on Wyoming here to get it done at home. Josh, we got about a minute remaining. Wanted to talk about one NBA game this evening out on the West Coast, the Clippers and Lakers playing tonight. Clippers, three and a half point favorites, total at 220. Uh, you have some interest in the total for this game, is that correct? 
I do have some interest here, Danny. I'm on the over. I'm going to sweat the over here. Big steam to the over. Open around 218 with the total. So I'm bet up to around 220. Uh, there's one system I was, I've been looking at. If you go up at least uh, two points here, uh, the over, basically called the big over steam move. It's about 57% this year. So these, these lines that get hit quite a bit to the over, you always get worried because you're getting the worst of it. But they've kind of been sailing over so far this year. You have three good over refs uh, headlined by uh, Zach Zarba and Jason Goebel, both around 55% to the over. Both these teams are top 15 in pace. The Lakers, we think of them as really old, Danny, but they're eighth overall in pace. Clippers 14th. We've seen the Clippers uh, to the over four and two their last six. These teams met back on December 3rd. It was a 119-115 game. No LeBron here. Anthony Davis should be able to play, but a lot of steam to that over. And Danny, technically the Clippers are the home team, but it's pretty much a home court for both teams, uh, both at the Staples Center. I'm expecting some points, trying to put on a show, you know, battle for the home court advantage here. I'm on the over 220. All right, Josh, as always, we will be rooting for you, my man. Thank you for taking some time. And uh, stay warm and cozy there and uh, enjoy your bread, milk, and cheese. Hopefully you got some supplies for yourself. I appreciate it, Dan. Don't forget the hard salami. That's also important during a blizzard. That's right. How could we? <laughs> Josh Applebaum, folks, at Josh underscore insights on Twitter, host of the Market Insights podcast. Great info all around. And more of that coming next year on Rush Hour. Will Hill, he will be joining us. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game. And right now, you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from all of our experts. So visit VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. That's VSIN.com slash Super Bowl. Welcome back to VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm your host, Andy Burt. Thank you for being with us. Currently broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois. Despite the weather, the crowd is still coming in. A plenty to look forward to tonight's action and to help us handicap more of that. We got Point Spread Weekly contributor and host of the New York City cast, Will Hill, joining us right now. Will, welcome into the show. Thank you for making some time. I am very, uh, I guess you could say, content with the NBA game you're choosing to start things off with. Because a lot of people on VEASAN, you know, they, they like the Bulls. We'll talk about them. But, you know, I'm talking about it ad nauseum. So it's nice to get a refreshing voice besides myself talking about this Bulls team. So tell us what you like for their game tonight on the road against Toronto. Man, this line hit four and a half. Now it's back down to four. We were waiting on the availability of Zach Levine. I assume the news is that he's going because it's dropped back down and the total's gone back up. But why do you kind of favor the Bulls in this spot? Yeah, well, full disclosure, just so the audience knows, Danny messaged me before the show, and he Venmo me 50 bucks. He said, hey, pick the Bulls so we can talk about them. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's why right. I picked the Bulls. <laughs> no, I mean, look, if you look at the Eastern Conference, the Nets kind of breaking down here. Milwaukee uh, not, is kind of struggling. Championship hangover. They haven't been great. The Bulls look up, and, and it looked like with their injuries, they might be headed for a playing scenario despite the great start. They look up, and they're, I think, still the one seed. So the, the East is kind of fascinating right now. Uh, I just look at Toronto, and they're a great story, great organization, but they've played a million minutes uh, the last couple weeks, last couple games. I mean, they had a game the other night where the starters all played 50-plus minutes, and I still just think, you know, with DeRozan, with uh, Vucevic, 
they can create enough threes and they shoot the three better than anyone in the league. Toronto, I think is 23rd uh, in the league opponent defensive three point percentage. So I think the bulls be able to shoot enough threes, make enough threes to, uh, to get you home here. Plus the four and a half. I, I like the points here. I like the underdog. Well, the people here in the Chicagoland area are thrilled to hear that, especially with your track record as of late with your betting on the New York City cast and everywhere else. You have been killing it, my man. And I know you've got a couple more angles in the association, not only for tonight, but further along. And we'll get to that futures bet momentarily, but also talk about this Los Angeles battle we got going on with the Clippers and the Lakers. Our guy Josh Applebaum just hopped on, said he liked the over in this game. But you have a little bit more curiosity with the spread that we see at three in the hook in favor of the Clippers. Yeah, I would lean towards the dog here. I think the Lakers are getting the three and a half. I would just go with the Lakers here just because they have the one healthy superstar in Davis. I mean, obviously it doesn't look like LeBron's going to play. No George, no Leonard. Uh, it's been kind of a grind here in the NBA. I mean, there was a primetime game Saturday night where it was Nets Warriors, no Harden, no Draymond, no Durant. I mean, uh, it's, it's kind of been an issue here for, for the NBA this year, the last couple of years, really. But uh, Davis has played really well lately. The Lakers you know, need this game in the Clippers just without Kawhi, without George. Uh, it's a team that's really struggling. So I would lean towards the dog here with the Lakers. All right, and then that futures discussion that I was teasing involving Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. Tell us what positions you have on this team because honestly, well, I mean, look, Embiid's going off, could win MVP, and this team is filled with a lot of narratives. Embiid coming back from the injury, trusting that process, the whole Ben Simmons debacle. Do you trust this team to make it deep? Uh, you know, trust is, is a funny word. I don't know if I trust them, <laughs> but I just think the number Fair is enough. good there. With the Nets falling off, the Nets could be in the play-in. I mean, Harden's played terribly. He's had injuries. Kyrie, you never know what you're getting with him. He only plays half the games. Durant, who knows when he's going to be back. Joe Harris is out. Aldridge is hurt. The Nets, now look, if they have all their players healthy, uh, the Nets probably still the best team. But you start to have to wonder here with the Nets, is this ever going to work? I mean, they got KD and uh, Durant. I'm sorry, Kyrie and Durant, you know, July of 2019. They got Harden a year ago. It's just never seemed to come together. They never seemed to play at the same time. And that really opens things up. If you can get a scenario where they're not in the mix or, you know, they have to play Milwaukee in the first round, they knock each other off. That really opens the bracket up for the Sixers. Uh, you can shop around and find them. You know, I, I know they're nine, 10 to one to win the East in some places. So obviously shop for the best number. Uh, if you get a scenario where they can avoid the Bucks, avoid the Nets and, you know, just have to play the Hornets and maybe, you know, the Cavs in round two, maybe the Bulls in round two, you got a chance here with the Sixers to get to a conference finals uh, and be sitting on a good ticket. And, I do think they're going to make a trade, whether it's Beal, whether it's somebody from the Kings. I think Maury's aggressive. He's going to see the landscape here and say, you know what? Uh, it's more wide open than maybe we thought. I'm going to go for it. Wow, that's actually kind of surprising. I, I've been waiting a little bit to get into these futures, but the fact that you could get double digits on the Sixers team, that you're right, a team that seems like inevitably they'll make another acquisition. And they've had the number against Chicago this season because the Bulls have no chance of stopping a beat. They can't stop any perennial big man score. So, yeah, I think that's a great uh, selection with that price that we're seeing at about 10 to 1 for the Sixers. Can't dispute you on that, my man. Uh, someone who did dispute Shout out, you, let though, me just uh... – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Let me just jump in and uh, shout out our boy Ryan Rothstein, who hosts the Philadelphia City Cast. And I actually yeah. did a crossover with him. I'm so mad. It was like three weeks ago. He said, you know, Embiid's 50 to 1. I bet it. What do you think? Yep. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you it's crazy 50 to 1, but I don't know that he's going to win it. Since then, it seems like he scores 40 or 50 points every night. So uh, shout out to Ryan. It's a good reason to listen to all of our City Cast, really. And uh, I'm pretty jealous of that ticket right now. 
Absolutely, yeah. He came on like a week later, said the same thing, because then Embiid came down to like 5, 4 to 1, whatever it was. He's like, yeah, you know, yeah. we were talking about this at 40 to 1. So, yeah, big ups to our guy Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia City Cast. But, Will, what I was getting to, which is funny, because we were talking to Josh Applebaum last segment and, you know, continuing the conversation with basketball, but in college, uh, we were talking about this Arizona and UCLA game, and Josh is loving this Bearcats team here, laying six in the hook. I know you're kind of looking the opposite direction here with another host of the Los Angeles City Cats, Danielle Alvarez, uh, alumnus here, UCLA, or alma mater, excuse me. And look, uh, this game, UCLA, has been really solid as of late. Josh is thinking that they could falter here, but why do you trust the Bruins? Yeah, just look at UCLA, and they've got a top 10 defense, UCLA, top five in terms of not turning the ball over on offense. So that makes for a tighter game. And Arizona's really not shot the ball well, really starting with the last UCLA game. I mean, they're 10 of 51 from three the last two games. Struggled against Arizona State. I guess you could flip that around and say, you know what? They're due to come out of it. I just think against the good defense, against a team that doesn't turn it over, uh, there's some familiarity. These teams have played now twice in the past 10 or 11 days. Uh, I just think six and a half, seven's a lot. We've seen this come down from seven to six and a half. So uh, I'm on UCLA here. Should be a good game. All right, and then tell us about your other college basketball outlook tonight involving Western Illinois. You had to get another Illinois angle in there. That's why we love you, Will. But uh, what are you liking about Western Illinois tonight? This is actually a fun matchup. If you look at it, the total, like 162, which is crazy for a college basketball game. It tells you a lot. Uh, you remember Oral Roberts from the tournament last year. They can score. They can go up and down the court. They just don't play any defense. 220th in the country in defensive efficiency. On the other hand, Western Illinois, 20th in the country, uh, offensively, offensive efficiency. So uh, I think Western Illinois will have plenty of success on offense. I'm sure both teams will. And look, if you can't stop anyone and you can't stop a good offense or even a you know a mediocre offense, uh, I think Western Illinois plus the six and a half plus the seven, that's a lot of points for a bad defense. I hear you. And Will, we always appreciate your thoughts for all of these games tonight. Enjoy it, and hopefully you can cash out a few winners, my friend. We'll look forward to catching up soon before the big game next week. Let's go Leathernecks. <laughs> that's right. Didn't think we'd be saying that tonight. Cross that off on your Rush Hour Bago card. But that's Will Hill, folks, at not the Will Hill on Twitter is where you can follow him and also catch him hosting the New York City cast. Like we always say, multiple episodes a week. He's got you covered with all things out on the East Coast and even more so. So give him a follow on Twitter at not the Will Hill. And Again, he had a great point tonight about the Philadelphia 76ers, and he's right. Big shouts to Ryan Rostin, who was touting Joel Embiid as high as 40, 50 to 1 for MVP. That's a lot shorter, but you can still get the Sixers right now, 10 to 1 at Bet Rivers to come out on top of the Eastern Conference. If you believe that Philadelphia does bring on that extra and necessary piece, then I absolutely think it's worth a shot on Philly 10 to 1 because of that price. You get the Bulls at 12 to 1 right now. Below them, you get Miami 5 to 1. I don't hate Miami by any stretch of the imagination. They're a very deep team, and they have the experience now. Milwaukee plus 275. We'll see what that championship hangover provides going into the postseason. And then the Nats, who have been in shambles and can't have Kyrie Irving for half their games. They are still the short shot, plus 150. I'm sure a lot of liability from before this season for a lot of these books because the public just wants to hammer a team and can't blame them. That consists of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. But might have to get into that discussion a little bit later this week or next once we're rounding out the NFL season and getting into the thick of it with some of these futures throughout the association.
But speaking of the NFL, we will finish off this Thursday edition of Rush Hour talking about some props for the big game, specifically with the tailbacks. We'll be talking Cam Akers. We'll be talking Joe Mixon and each of those respective rushing yards. I got one play between the two, but still think talking about both of them is worthy of a discussion. And then yesterday we previewed, or really barely teased, my best bets for the Super Bowl MVP winners. We got two of them. Again, barely talked about it. Want to get into that more so, so we'll recap all of our top plays for tonight and further along with our final segment coming up next right here on Rush Hour. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. So go ahead and download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-522-4700 in Nevada. Okay, back at it. And for our final segment, it is a Thursday evening here in the Windy City. The show is Rush Hour. I am Danny Burke, your host. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at DannyBurke5 and at Live or the Vegas Stats and Information Network. So like we teased up and like we've been doing for every final segment, we spend it talking about the big game. And tonight we are doing some props. So it is time for Prop Shelf, specifically with the tailbacks for Super Bowl 56. So let's get into it here on Rush Hour, our Prop Shelf edition, where we go through the top props. But for this specific position group being the running backs, let's start out on the side of Cincinnati. How about one Joe Mixon who's been an absolute stud and a workhorse this whole season but postseason it's been a little bit different you know different strategies everything's on the line if you're trailing you're not running the ball as much. What can we do with Joe Mixon and his rushing yards prop at 65 and a half I think we can bet it under and I laid at minus 125 to bet that under. So overall this season, including the postseason, Joe Mixon is averaging 63.4 rushing yards per game. In 19 games that he's been involved with this year, 
He's gone over it in just eight out of 19 games. Tough matchup, tough assignment against this Rams defense that is just, as we all know, phenomenal in general, but even more so against the run. They rank fifth in DVOA run defense, and they are limiting opposing tailbacks to just 3.9 yards per carry, and more recently in the last three games, limiting opponents to 3.1 yards per carry. Only six opposing running backs have eclipsed the rushing yards mark of 65 and a half against the Rams this season, and no tailbacks this postseason have gone over this mark versus the Rams. The closest was Leonard Fournette, and he only got 51 rushing yards. Joe Mixon, he's gone over it once this postseason. That was the last game at Kansas City, had 88 rushing yards, but I think we can all concur that uh, Kansas City's run defense not as stout as the one that is presented by Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and company with the Los Angeles Rams. And if you go into it with the mindset or just prediction and assumption that the Rams, as the favorite, may be leading for a majority of this game, or, hey, maybe it's a shootout, you could have that mindset too, the Bengals probably are going to abandon the run early on. If one, it doesn't work, or if two, they're trailing, or three, they just need to keep up with the offense that could be really dominant in Matt Stafford and company. So I think this number is a little bit too high, and maybe it wouldn't be for a normal game, but for this game where you got to put it all on the line, you got to take those risks, you got to take the big shots, and you need to keep up, presumably, with the Rams' offense. I can't see Joe Mixon being involved heavily on the ground game. And even if they go to him a large amount of time, that Rams' defense up front probably going to limit him. So I am playing Joe Mixon under 65.5 rushing yards at the price of minus 125. Other side, let's take a look at Cam Akers. This is a very popular bet, maybe not by the public per se, but I've just seen a lot of respected people talk about betting this under, and I don't really disagree with them, but there are a couple reasons why I'm hesitant. But first and foremost, looking at the number for Cam Akers, 65.5 is also his mark, under minus 131, over his even money. Now, on the injury side of things, he did leave the NFC Championship game with a shoulder injury, and he was a non-participant in practice yesterday, and I think today as well. I mean, we still got plenty of time, but just something to be aware of. So this postseason, we've only seen a finite amount of action from Cam Akers, being that he was injured all season. But in, the, in this postseason specifically, he's averaging 50.3 rushing yards per game, and he has been held under 65.5 rushing yards in all three games. The most he had was when he had 17 carries for 55 rushing yards versus Arizona, which was the blowout game to where they could afford to run the ball more consistently, yet he still stayed under this mark. The opposing defense, Cincinnati, they're surrendering 4.5 yards per carry, but a little bit better the last three games. Opponents just getting 4.3 yards per carry against Cincinnati. Overall this year, eight opposing running backs have gone over this mark for Cincy. Uh, in the postseason, though, some of these running backs have had success against them. Josh Jacobs had 13 carries for 83 yards. Uh, Deontay Foreman had four carries for 66 rushing yards. Derrick Henry did stay under, had 20 carries for 62 rushing yards. McKinnon with the Chiefs had 12 carries for 65 rushing yards, but they're pretty much all right there. Cincinnati ranks 13th in DVOA run defense. Look, Cam Akers has not been the most dominant, but, you know, you give him the benefit of the doubt. The dude's coming off tearing his Achilles. Who would even thunk that he would have been in this position in the first place, let alone looking to bet his rushing yards prop over? Only way I would play would be under, but the Bengals not the strongest run defense in this postseason run. And if, for some reason, the Rams get out to a big lead, a comfortable lead, they want to wind down that clock, 
maybe that's when you can get kind of those garbage time rushing yards from Akers and get you over that number. So I'm probably overall staying away from this, but I do not hate the idea of leaning toward the under because that is where I would tend to head toward. And I know some other respected betters have done that, and I'm sure it'll jump lower uh, sooner that direction rather than going over because as we see the juice, minus 131 to the under. So if you do want to get involved, I suggest you do so earlier rather than later. But just a lean for Cam Akers, but our official position and play is on Joe Mixon under 65.5 rushing yards at minus 125. Now, I said I'd talk about some of those Super Bowl MVP bets that I placed yesterday. We barely touched on it, so I wanted to expand uh, my assessment on that a little bit. So to start, we do have Cooper Cup at 6-1 to to win Super Bowl MVP. Now, the obvious answer would seem to be Matt Stafford, quarterback, more favorable. He's a short shot. All that makes sense. But if you want a little bit more value and still with a guy that could make a lot of sense to win it, Cooper Cup has to be your selection. The difference from where you could go, well, why Cup over Stafford? Well, one of them has had actual MVP buzz for this whole season, and one of them not so much. And the one that has, as we know, is Cooper Cup, and the one that hasn't is Matt Stafford. Also, one has been extremely consistent all season and unguardable, and one has been prone to being very volatile. The prone one to being volatile, Matt Stafford, the consistency lies with Cooper Cup. Even if Matt Stafford isn't having a great game, he can make those short throws, and then Cooper Cup makes the magic happen. He improvises, he uses his agility, his cuts, whatever it is, his athleticism all around, it makes awesome things happen. He produces on a weekly basis, on a every single play basis. The dude is an animal breaking records and going off. So maybe, and I think we were talking about this with Adam Burke, when these writers are voting for it, they understand the respect that's deserved to Cooper Cup getting recognition for the full MVP. He's not going to get it in that regard. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, presumably Aaron Rodgers. So maybe you go, hey, you know, we'll give him more so the benefit of the doubt here in this game if he has a good enough performance. If Stafford just kind of has average to slightly above average numbers, but Cooper Cup still get about, you know, 7 to 10 receptions for over 100 yards and a touchdown, Hard not to look the way at Cooper Cup, and he's done that so many times. And because the value you can still get six, seven, one odds, I think it's worth a play on Cooper Cup, absolutely. Now, the other bet that I did make is going with the Rams. And I'm not doing anyone on the Bengals right now. You know, I said if you like the Bengals, do Joe Burrow. Everybody's saying it. I mean, do Joe Burrow to win MVP because you're getting about plus 225 as opposed to plus 160 on the money line. If the Bengals win, you're assuming Joe Burrow's going to win MVP. Or you could take a flyer on McPherson. They've actually taken an insane amount of bets on it at Bet Rivers. Troy Macker tweeted it out. It was incredible. I retweeted it. But, I mean, McPherson, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't be here. He's like 100 to 1. I digress. Uh, Going back to the Rams, Aaron Donald, 18-1, I think is worth the play. You don't have to put a full unit on it. You can put some lunch money on it, half unit, whatever you want to call it. Because of how bad the Cincinnati offensive line is, there's no doubt in my mind Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and company can make an impact. Realistically, if it's going to go to one of those guys, it's going to be Aaron Donald. Been with the team forever, arguably the most dominant and effective football player in this league for year after year. So if he has a great performance... The value at 18-1, to that would not shock me if his name is at the top of the list for winning Super Bowl MVP by the end of the game because of the favorable matchup and just how dominant this guy is. So, did Cooper Cup 6-1 to and also a little bit of a flyer on Aaron Donald at 18-1. to Aside from those plays, what we're rolling with for the Super Bowl, Joe Mixon under 65.5 rushing yards. And then yesterday we talked about it. 
Bengals first half field goals over a half at like minus 143, I think the price was. So again, you know, check out VEASAN, check out my Twitter. I'll have all that information out. And then the plays that we are rocking with tonight, we got Gary Trent Jr. over 20 and a half points tonight against the Bulls as he is seeking to set a franchise record of six games with 30 plus consecutive points. And then in the NBA, we are rolling with Phoenix, the Suns on the money line. Minus 165 at Atlanta. Best of luck if you tail any of these or any of your own bets. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Rush Hour. Until tomorrow, take care, folks. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.